have been looking forward to this one. Next time, writer Larry Colton will be here, and the following week, Matt Flieger, the head honcho, and my boss at KMHD. But across from me is ace bassist, all-around smart guy, fellow Orioles fan, and East Coast Kobari, Dennis Kayaza. He's generally not the headliner in the band, but he is indispensable in any band he plays with. He's musically versatile, specializing in jazz, and brajol. We'll get to that. I just love saying the word brajol. We'll also get to the chicken dance. Meet Dennis Kayaza. Dennis, welcome to the cafe at the Artichoke Music. Well, thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Come on, tell me the truth. <laughs> I am glad to be here. It's great okay, to see you. Good. I know. We haven't seen it's each other for a long time. Long time. Guess Pandemic. Yes. Yeah. And see anybody. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> How'd you get through it? Routine. Uh-huh. One word, routine. Uh-huh. I would, I practiced every day. Uh-huh. Did stuff, made dinner. <laughs> did things every day. Walked. Did things every day. That's how I got through it. Wow. Uh-huh. It got a little old. And plus yes. then there were some, we had some gigs here and there. Sure. Some Zoom gigs, which I'll never, oh, God, that was, I hate the Zoom gigs, but I did them. Why? I like to feel somebody else's breath in the room. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I missed, I missed the, uh, the interaction. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had to do these, I had to do these that way, uh, this podcast episodes that way, too. It must and be it, tough not face to face. Oh, it's you know? horrible. It's just awful. I mean, luckily, I have a long, I have a, a lot of experience in, in doing long form radio interviews, so that that helped me a lot. But nevertheless, I was very happy to get back here and sit across the table from people like well, you. Well, I'll tell you what, my lawn looked really good for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> it looked great. <laughs> now I don't know, not so much. <laughs> That's okay. You may have for it. Um, so, uh, I, we should tell people, okay, we should, we should let, it, let people in on the secret here. Okay. That we are both Orioles fans. Yes. I've been since the 60s. Yes. Yes. But, you didn't need, but you're not from Baltimore. From the farm club. Yes. Rochester Red Wings. Red Wings, yes. I mean, I remember seeing Boo Powell and stuff, you know. Man. It was such a big Orioles town. Yeah. Then I went to Catholic school when I was a kid. Yeah. The nuns, <laughs> when the Orioles were in the World Series, brought a TV into the classroom. Wow. So we could watch. That's <laughs> and you were allowed to have a transistor radio. Uh, well, around what, what, what year was that? I can't remember. Around, what year I mean, were they in the World Series? In 60, they 63. They were in 66, and then they were in 68 when they lost to the Mets. Both? I remember both those years Oh, now. God, yeah. It was 66 <laughs> is the one I'm talking about, I think. Oh, when they swept the Dodgers. Yep, and it was like... Big deal. It was a big deal, and I think the nuns wanted to see the game. Yeah. <laughs> Who didn't? I mean, you know, Palmer beats Koufax in the, in the, in the fourth game to sweep it. Oh, man. I was, I was a card-carrying member yeah. of the Knothole Club. Ah. You remember the Knothole Club? That was, who was? The Knothole Club, they would, they would take you to games. Yeah. yeah. They would uh, we'd yeah. get, as a kid, I'd have enough money to buy... A hot dog and a Coke, 
and they take us, they bus us to the game, and we'd watch two games. And <laughs> I don't know. I loved it. It was great. But yeah. I was always a Baltimore fan, but I couldn't watch him for years. But now I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. So anyway, so we're not going to talk a lot about baseball, no. although we could. We certainly could, and we did before we before it started rolling. But, yes, we did. And that's, that's, yes. I tried to get some of that out of me, because uh, there, there's I, there's I have nobody in town that I can talk. Really, talk there's to. nobody. No, there aren't. No, no, but there are baseball fans. No, but not Orioles fans. No, there are. There was one. Remember Dusty York, saxophone player. Sure. I found. I mean, I had been, I'd written about him, and you know, sort of, I, I knew him and everything. And then one Baltimore? day. One day, somehow, the subject of baseball came up, and uh, we are still baseball buddies. We, he, he lives in New York, and we text every day during the season. <laughs> I text you sometimes, don't I? Yeah. Actually, too bad you're not in a position of power. You could push me up the ladder as one of the insiders. Which, which ladder? Which ladder is that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I can't. I, I can barely get out to my car. <laughs> I know what you mean. So, all right. So, um, were, you, were you playing music back then? When you, when, when, when you, I started. I, I always loved music. Of course. Yeah. I, uh, I was a paper boy, and with my first money I made, uh -huh. I bought a, an old a guitar. What kind? It was a Stella. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know if uh, if you're a guitar player from back then, you know, these Stellas. It was a cheap guitar. Yeah. But I was, uh, my brother Tony was laid up after uh -huh. a car accident for six months in traction. Wow. wow. In our living room. Jeez. And uh, he taught me to, he played guitar, so he taught me how to play. Huh. But I quickly got, you know, I was using his guitars too much. So I got a guitar and I wore it out. And when I got to uh, high school... Well, what kind of stuff were you, would, would you play back then? Oh, you know, like uh, Simon and Garfunkel and uh -huh. Gordon Lightfoot. And... He just died yesterday. No. Yep. Oh, that's sad. It is. If it you is. could read my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But we all, we just played all those tunes, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Sure. Anything that uh -huh. you could learn the chords to, uh -huh. uh, we did. Yeah. And me and me and my brother, we played. I played constantly, but then when I got to high school, I wanted to be in the band. Uh huh. And I saw on TV. I saw. I think it was a Glenn Miller movie or something. And I had to have a trombone. I really With wanted to be. June trombone. Allison as his wife. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I had such a crush on June Allison did you when really? I was a little boy. Yes, I did. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was more of an Anne Margaret fan. That was later. I'm talking about when I was 10 years old. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. I can see that. She's just uh, sweet, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to play the trombone bad, but we were there were seven kids in my family. Wow. My father had three jobs. And Jeez. when he found out the trombone cost $125, uh -huh. he kind of said, why don't we find something else? <laughs> so the school provided tubas, so I... Ah. I took up the tuba, uh -huh. and that's what I played in high school. Which is the guitar. Which is the bass. It is. Yeah. And I play, played tuba all through high school, and I got accepted into music school on tuba. Eastman? I did get accepted in Eastman. It was a little too expensive. Oh, yeah. I ended up going to Potsdam State 
Crane uh-huh. Music School. Uh-huh. It's a big music school, 650 music students. Uh-huh. It was good I went there because after first semester, I switched to guitar. Really? And got my degree in uh-huh. classical guitar and lute. <laughs> lute? Well, it was back when it first started, they didn't think the guitar was such an instrument. <laughs> but there's more music written for the lute than any other instrument except for piano. Get out of here. I'm not kidding. That's so weird. It's endless. <laughs> so they say you have to play lute. They bought the lute. They, you, they, you had to have a guitar, but yeah. they bought the lutes for the school, and all the guitar majors had to play lute and, and in the Renaissance ensemble, you had to put your time in. Wow. I loved it. I, I was playing Bach all day. That's, there's no better training. Uh-huh. So I did that. I got my degree, applied major in classical guitar and music education. You're another guy. You know who else is like that? Who's that? Alan Hager. You hmm. know, he's a guitar player, but he's oh. a blues guy. Oh. And has been. He he grew up with uh, Terry Robb, and they all learned all the blues uh, music together. The and then he ended up back at Berkeley in Boston, hmm. where he studied classical guitar, and he hmm. supported himself for years, transcribing classical pieces to solo guitar. Unbelievable. He moved to Portland, started playing the blues, and has never performed classical music here in Portland. Hard to I believe. think you guys should play together. Ah. I do. I see, I'm serious about that. Have you have you ever performed classical here? No, sir. And he hasn't either. I just I you know it's something you have to keep up. I really do. I I mean uh, I did all I my recitals. I would love to hear you two guys. Oh gosh, it'd be tough to get that going again. <laughs> I uh, there must be some easy pieces just to slide oh, sure. back in. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's uh. I enjoyed it very much because you could practice in your room all alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, it was music school, so, and I was learning to be a teacher, too, so you had to play second instruments in all the ensembles. And, wow. Huh. But I sold my tuba huh? and bought a Ramirez guitar, which is a very nice classical guitar. Uh-huh. Huh? Don't have it anymore. Uh-huh. But at any rate, when I... I, I I wasn't happy with any of the bass players I was playing with. Huh? Huh? So I decided I could do a better job than them. Of course. Of course you did. <laughs> Naturally. Foolishly. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I started playing. I bought a $300 K bass and wow. started playing bass. Eventually got in the jazz ensemble, too. So I played bass in the jazz ensemble. And that was an acoustic bass. Yes, sir. Yeah. But after I got out of school, I just I started being a music teacher. I had a, a grade school band and uh-huh. high school band. Huh. And then I said, that's enough for me. Enough what, teaching? Yes. Uh, uh. You enough. mean you're not teaching now? No, sir. Wow, you're the only, the, the only musician in town that I know of who's not teaching. <laughs> well, I'm lucky that way. I, I, uh, I don't mind it. Um, I've had private students. Yeah. And I even have one now. Mm-hmm. Although she's not a bass player. She's a piano player and wants to learn how to play in jazz trios. So she like play with me and I can show her things. And, uh-huh. You know, the hardest part about playing 
is the stuff they don't teach you, the etiquette. Uh-huh. Etiquette what, like what? Ah, what to do, what not to do. Uh-huh. What shouldn't you do? What shouldn't you do? Apologize. <laughs> no, I, I, um, you know, uh, how to count off a tune, how to, uh, uh-huh. what, to, what to do for an introduction, what not to do uh, for an introduction. So you mean there's something other than one, two, three, four? There's a lot of ways <laughs> to count. That's one of the hardest things to do is count really? off a tune. Yes, it's very hard to do, to give people an indication of what you want, uh-huh. the tempo you want, and, how to, and exactly what to do. With a count off, you go one, two, three, four, and it makes a big difference. Is uh-huh. you could go one, two, three, four, and you get nothing from that. Uh-huh. But if I go one, two, three, four, it makes a difference. Yeah. And it, plus, what do you do? How do you tell the other musicians what to expect? How do you, uh, this one this one student didn't even know that when she, when she was done playing, she would just get up and run away. She wouldn't. Even, <laughs> say thank you or anything. so it's like little things like that that they don't teach you to do yeah yeah interesting it is interesting yeah. but this sometimes students come to me for uh, practical information and i uh-huh. can i help them with that how to get the bass in and out <laughs> how do you carry it upstairs yeah yeah and i take it on planes i i remember uh uh Lots of things that I was taught, but I learned it the hard way. Oh, by by fucking up, totally screwing up, totally yeah. fucking up. Guys would turn around yeah. and say, "What are you fucking doing there, Gary? <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> I remember this gentleman in Atlanta telling me, uh, "You can go tell me to fuck myself, boy, but just play the one in five, won't you?" <laughs> really? Yes. Jeez. So I did. Why did he want you to do that? I think it was interesting because um, I was doing too much. It was taking away. Uh. I remember being, like I did go to Eastman for, um, uh, for to, to do master's work uh-huh. because I wanted to continue teaching. At the time, I thought I wanted to continue teaching. Yeah. And I remember uh, Raymond Wright, the famous big band instructor at Eastman, uh-huh. and I was playing and I played up the neck, uh, an F up the neck, and he, he stopped the band and he looked at me and goes, Dennis, you're not helping us. <laughs> <laughs> Just help us, Dennis. Don't, oh. don't do that. Oh, man. So, in other words... Uh, did play- you turn red or did you get mad? Oh, I, I, I almost was in tears. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, yeah. I, uh, I found that uh, the people who were nice enough yeah to give me shit yeah were the ones i learned the most from well yeah yeah yes and no you don't learn a lot from somebody going good job <laughs> here's your participation trophy yes <laughs> i i know especially the the um the etiquette part is always i mean I, my first time i as a as a as a field tv field producer um I didn't know that you were supposed to thank the people in the in the crew. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that. So I did you not to, know that. How did you learn that? Somebody told me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? They said, you know, you're supposed to say thank you to all the people in the crew. Yeah. Oh, I learned that one. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, I think uh, there are times, you see, 
I was trying to learn how to be a working musician. Yeah. Um, art. If you want to learn how to be an artist, that's a whole different thing. Really? If you're going to be an artist, it's uh But to be a working musician, it's a way I feel like you have to learn how to do things uh, properly uh-huh. before you let them go off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I do best when I'm fighting against rules than having no rules at all. Well, I find that yeah. a uh, safe haven for creativity. Right, right, right. You know? no, no, I never met a, a, a format I couldn't break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it was... I think, would, it's, I think it may be our nature, Dennis. Well, the, the, uh, the, a lot of guys, so they just wanted a simple... They wanted the simple bass line yeah. with the right notes. Yes. Did you ever meet Bob Newman when he lived here? No. Oh. Well, he was a sax player that did the uh-huh. Poconos. He played with all the yeah. famous jazz musicians. The Poconos. And we were playing in Atlanta. I hired him huh. to play in my... Yeah. Okay. He turned around to me after the first song, and he goes, my solos would be much better if you would play the right notes. Oh. 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 <laughs> And your response was, okay. <laughs> Here's your check. Go away. No, I. Uh, I don't know. I think I have a a, a, a humble respect for uh-huh. uh, elders. Uh-huh. Guys have been doing it for a lot longer than yeah. me. Yeah. They have something to tell me. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't know any of the tunes at all. Uh-huh. So I'd be playing a, I was playing a gig at this resort in Saranac Lake. Uh-huh. I was 18, 19. Oh, I boy. I had a Fender bass. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know any of the songs, any of them. <laughs> what kind of songs were they? Well, like it was, a, you know, the club date songs like yeah. Duke Ellington and oh, yeah, yeah. Gershwin, any of those types of yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And I didn't know any of them. So the piano player said, Buy, if you buy me a double drink on every break, of which there were four breaks, I'll point to the notes on the keyboard as I play. And he did, so I would know where the, what the songs were. But I never made any money because I was buying him double drinks. That's funny. But I learned how to play it. I guess, uh, and then if... After a while, if you're playing five-nighters, six-nighters, seven-nighters with different piano players every night, yeah. you're going you're gonna to learn all those tunes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would be hard to stump me with the old standards. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh. Just because I played them for years. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter. I always tell people it doesn't matter what key they're in. Because <laughs> I'll screw it up in the same place. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> That's funny. So did you 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 learned it probably the hard way doing your Oh god yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still am. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked What is the, what's the, what, what's the, what did Earl Weaver used to say? It's what you learn after you know it's it's what you learn after you know everything that counts. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners who doesn't don't know who Earl Weaver uh, was, he was the Hall of Fame manager of the Baltimore Orioles, mm-hmm. uh, and the most profane man I've ever, except for oh. except for Bobby Rush, the blues singer, 
I've never met a more profane he human being. He was profane, being. that profane, huh? I'm telling you. You know what he would do? I want to hear this. Uh, I'd be, you know, there'd be a bunch of us writers and broadcasters in a dugout before the game and, people, and asking him questions. And if he didn't like your question, he would answer it, but every other word was fuck. <laughs> he would answer your questions, but he, but he would, he would he, so you couldn't use it, right? <laughs> Sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> no, I'm making jokes. That is something. That sounds like a, right, you sound like a Rodney Dangerfield line. It is, kind of. <laughs> no, I learned a lot from people getting mad at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they cared enough. Yeah. They would also compliment you if you did a good job. Oh, sure. I mean, and Eastman was a good example of how they taught that way, the teaching uh -huh. through humiliation. Oh, jeez. They would uh, say, you would play your solo. Yeah. They say, what was, all right, what was the worst part? about Dennis's solo. They'd all raise their hands and say, oh, he was out of tune. <laughs> oh, God. And they go, yes, he was out of tune, people, but I'm looking for the worst part. <laughs> and that's what they would do. And, you, you know, you took a lot of offense to it and left there almost in tears. And then you realize, sure. oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It takes five times as much work as I thought it did. I, was, I, I had a, a gig in L.A. at the PBS, at the, at the PBS station mm -hmm. as a field producer. TV field producer mm -hmm. and I had only field produced two stories in my entire life and got hired there from one of those stories and there was a guy named Cleet Roberts what a I name I don't know why I remember his name because I can't remember anybody else's name Cleet 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 Roberts and he was he had been a an, a, an anchor on the news in LA for like a million years right mm. and they had hired him to, to, to sort of anchor the show that I was producing uh, although I was also on camera, but the thing was, I, it, I, the, we were going to do a a, uh, uh, a special on the first flight of the space shuttle, but not not when it flew itself, but when they dropped it off a plane. Mm -hmm. I said, and they wanted me to to produce the show. Wow, right? that's so, okay, a... great. So first thing I did was call Sun Ra. Oh yeah, space is the place. You know, yeah, and it was going to bring them out to the observatory in L.A. Wow, and they could play space as the place, and so I, I had all this stuff done and all this written, and um, we didn't. It, it, we, it, our budget got cut at the end, so I had to. We had to eliminate Sunrise, but nevertheless, I had had all this stuff written, and Cleet Roberts looked at it and said, "This is very journeyman stuff." I went, "Uh oh, oh, is it?" I, you know, I, I didn't, and the thing was. Unlike my usual self, I didn't start cussing him out, right? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that. Well, no, I, you felt I, that. Way. I felt that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Fuck you. What's you know? Right. That's how you feel inside when you get that information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and so, I had had that. But the other thing was there. I learned, and I've said this on this podcast before. So if I have, excuse me. Um, I was talking to them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, one, of, one of the greatest lessons I ever learned, which was I, I, had to, I did this half hour uh, on Reverend James Cleveland. And, um, and it was okay. It was okay. I mean, we shot in his, in his church and did an interview and all this stuff. And, and uh, it, was, it was good, but not as great as it could have been because he was a giant, right? And so the boss said, looks at it and says, that's, that's, that's pretty good. But you know, you can write your way out of anything. Hmm. Bye. I know, boy. When something like that knocks in, and I have taught that 
to people who have worked under me all this, in all these years. Mm. You can write your way out of anything. Mm. And it's really true. Isn't it funny how somebody says something? Yeah. And then years later, even sometimes it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I yeah. know what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Now I know. <laughs> so when did you discover jazz? Were you in college I, or, or afterwards? Yeah, or I was. I always liked it. I remember when I first. Do you know it's like the first time you fell in love? Sure. Okay. Every I, time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the the um, I was listening to a, a super sax record. Huh. And I don't know what happened to me, but I started humming all those tunes. Wow. I could, they peeled to me. Huh. And then all of a sudden, I was voracious. Huh. And my father, luckily, uh, liked jazz. Huh. So Lucky you. Yeah, he liked, he liked uh, Cannibal Adderley. And, nice. Uh, God, I remember his record. He would play records uh-huh. on Sunday. It's a Italian Catholic. Uh-huh. You know, had to go to church. Of course. Then he would play his records. Wow. And we would, you know, wait for dinner, which would be around 2 o'clock. Sure. <laughs> That's the way it worked every Sunday. Uh-huh. But it was, uh, it was that, you know, I never heard that music until I had my own record and listened to it over and over and over. What do you mean your own record? And then I started... Well, that super sex record. Okay. And then starting to listen to Hank Hopley. Wow. And Wynton Kelly. Uh-huh. And all those... Uh, those guys. And that really, really dug deep in me. Uh-huh. But it, uh, my goal wasn't to be a jazz musician. <laughs> it was to be a working ah. musician. Uh-huh. And that's why I left Rochester, New York, where I grew up. Because uh-huh. I saw myself at 60... You know, and it didn't look pretty because the guys I saw that were still there were just making like 10 grand a year and struggling to get by. Right. Although Rochester's a great town, was mm-hmm. when I was there at least, great musicians came out of that town, endless amount of great musicians. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a, a way, to, a place to make a living. Uh, so I quit my last job I was playing with. Have you ever heard of Gatman Joan? You've probably heard of Chuck Man Joan. Yeah. His brother the Gap. Gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in his trio for a few years <laughs> and then uh, left and went to Atlanta. Wow. Why Atlanta? There was a lot of money in it. Okay. <laughs> and I figure where, there, where there's a lot of money, uh-huh. there'll be a lot of work. So I gave it a shot. Yeah. There was a lot of work. Huh. Great. A lot of money. Nice. So I was making a good living, and buy, I bought a house. Wow. Then A musician bought a house? I know it's hard to believe, but it you is. could make like 50, 60 grand a year back then, uh-huh. or 92, Yeah, being a sideman. Yeah. Shocking, but true. I understand. Then I decided I want to double that. I want to make some money. <laughs> I want to be, so I decide... Which, to me, is a cop-out anyway. <laughs> if you're trying to make money, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. But at any rate, I went there. And I started my own band. And I decided <laughs> I didn't want to do any more of this party stuff or any of that crap I wanted to do. No weddings? No, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to How do... How can you stop playing the chicken dance? 
I love the chicken dance. <laughs> Everybody loves the chicken dance. I love it. Well, it's a lot of fun to play. What's it. not What's not to like? Especially the bridge. <laughs> la, 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 la. You really... <laughs> you, are the, you are the only musician I have ever talked to what? who acknowledges how much fun the chicken dance is. How can you not like the chicken of dance? Of course, I understand. But it's like, it's so, it's, it's See, so. See, I like it all. I like everything. Yeah. I love every kind of music. Yeah. I just love it all. <laughs> it all comes inside. When the, when they, when the career kind of went in the toilet in the 90s for me. Ooh. Uh, I, was, I didn't know that happened. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I was driving a cab in Baltimore. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I finally quit the, quit, I finally stopped driving the cab and got a gig as a wedding and, and, uh, and, and party DJ. Oh, you and make some dough that way, huh? It wasn't great dough, but it was enough. It was, and it was more. It was closer to my field again, you know, so I could get back in a little, a little bit. Help me, help me get back in. And uh, yeah, if you didn't play the chicken dance, you wouldn't get a tip. No, you had to. They would get pissed off. We had a set. Oh yeah, we yes. had a set. Hokey pokey. Well. It was a little. It was post hokey pokey. Years. Okay, well, yeah. I would say it was more like, uh, you know, your your little wine dance tunes and stuff, whatever uh-huh. they could do. But hokey pokey is good. We call it yeah. the bunny hop. You remember That's the a, bunny hokey hop? Hokey pokey is and the bunny hop are two different dances. And they got the cookie march. That I don't know. That I don't know. But the, it's it, the it, same thing as the bunny hop. <laughs> <laughs> and you had you had to you had to play the twist. The what? The twist. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. You had to play that. Yeah, and you had to play um, uh, YMCA. <sighs> but the thing is, to make I it less I didn't see painful, quite the same amount of joy in your face when I said no the, joy the, the YMCA than, than I did when I, when I mentioned the chicken dance. <laughs> we would play... <laughs> We in that one, I wasn't doing the wedding band thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the wedding band gigs paid like oh yeah. Oh, hey, believe me, I I understand. And there was uh, there was a set that would last fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. How many ever tunes? They were all the big hits. Yes, the ones where you start playing, all the dancer women would go woo uh, and yes, run yes, up the dance floor. Oh yeah, and then you play bailers to get rid of them. <laughs> so it was a thing. But I decided I didn't want to do any more of that stuff. Yeah. I didn't want to do any more of that. Yeah. So I started band. I want to play all the stuff that I like. Because people <laughs> used to love it when I played it on the breaks, like Louis Prima and Louis Jordan. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of. But was Louis Prima cool or what? Great. But, you know, this was before I, I decided to do this because I had an in in the business. I knew, uh-huh. intimately knew agents that could help me get started and uh-huh. get work. Yeah. In a big city like Atlanta, where they need things like this. Yeah. So I made a record and called, uh, just for promo purposes, called Jump, Jive, and Whale. Oh, yeah. Before it was popular. Ah. All of a sudden, that song's the biggest song, and yeah. I have the only swing band in Atlanta, George. <laughs> <laughs> so it was 1995. Yeah. And uh, it took off. I had a huge soon. crush on Keeley Smith, too. I can't blame you on that one. Oh yeah, what? that's a little what? bit better than June, June Allison. Allison. <laughs> June, just got something. Got a problem with June Allison, Dennis? No, I don't. <laughs> I kind of. I got to admit, I understand the reason she had that quirky yeah. thing going on. Yeah, but uh, but um, uh, Keely Smith was cool. Yeah, she, she was, was less the wholesome. coolest. 
She was the coolest. She really Very was. Very cool. Yeah. Sexy. Kind of like Cher in a way, right? In they a say. way, but better. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that, that's... But she had uh, that deadpan thing going. It was like, you know, uh, like I'm unreachable. Come on. <laughs> give it your best shot. Come on. I'm unreachable. Here I am. Come on. But I'm unreachable. <laughs> I, I ended up uh, playing with a guy in Atlanta that, that was went to see him in the hospital when he was sick. Prima? Wow. Old Italian guy from Queens. Oh, nice. Sergeant Dealey. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I did that all. I did that. I, and Were there I any Italians tired. in Atlanta? <laughs> oh, God. There's Italians everywhere. I know that. They don't I say really Italian think. in Atlanta. They say Italian. Yes, I know. Except here. There are very what few kind Italians. Of, I, what, what are you anyway? That's, I know. I was never anything <laughs> until I moved. I'm just an Italian guy from New York. Yeah. But when I moved to Atlanta... I was not that. I was a Yankee. Oh, right. And believe right. me, yeah. it was a scary thing to be When sometimes. I moved here, I found that Italians were exotic. They were. And I believe me, I played that one. You have to. <laughs> hey, yeah. you got to play the cards you're dealt. That's right. You know, here's, the, here's the funniest thing. I was, I was doing, I, I was a, a story producer on uh, Oregon Artbeat, right? And mm -hmm. I was on, I was on camera and everything. Oh, I remember that. And I had this. I was in Eugene doing this story on a guitar player. Was, I won't mention his name. <laughs> uh oh. So I'm at the gig, right? And there's this, his manager's there, right? So I'll go over and introduce myself. I, I, I introduced myself. Told him my name, and he looked up at me without a trace of irony, and said, "That French." So I had the chance. I had the chance. Which it's not something. It's not a card I play very often. Mm -hmm. But I had a chance to play Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cosa Nostra, right? And I just stood there and looked at him. I said, "No, that's Italian." And he thought I was going to kill him. It was so funny. I just, I, 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 I didn't laugh. I really wanted. I just, I wanted to just bust out laughing right there. But I didn't. I, I played the whole. thing. It was really funny. <laughs> well, when they would ask me if I was Italian, yeah. In Atlanta, I just say, hey, what do you think, Jethro? <laughs> you and Ellie May can kiss my ass. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> although, you know, yeah, there, there's not, although, ah, there's Italians everywhere, I guess. I guess. But we were all. Not here. I'm sorry. Tony Passini introduced me to somebody that was uh, Italian. But Tony's different. He came, but there's a guy he introduced me to came comes from Naples. Yeah. And there's a town outside of Naples called Cayazzo, huh. which he says is probably where your people are from. And yeah. we're all yeah, right. both sides from that same. Right. Right. I remember one time, though, you and I, because you and I like to bust balls. You know, let's Why not? Face it, let's face it. Okay? We're Italian. What are you going to do? I know. I understand. And so we're at. I remember we were at uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the name? Ron Steen's jam one time. Oh yeah, and still do them. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, so we were just you and I were there. We we're just cutting up and having fun like we always do. Mm -hmm. And Tony was there too. And Tony sort of came up to join the conversation, and he didn't like it at all. He was not into busting balls. Oh no, mm -hmm. that's too bad. It is too bad. I, I think they should. I think that's part of. Well, it's one of the joys you know who of does life. A really good at that. That's not Italian. Is Gary Hobbs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I used to. He used to make fun of me all the time for just really? whatever he did. Yeah. 
And you know that you're in when he's breaking your balls. You know you're in. Of course. So I thought I want to be cool just like Gary Hobbs. So I, I was playing in Vancouver once outside at one of those fairs or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And there's Gary Hobbs on his bike with a helmet and a biking outfit on because he liked to bicycle. So I walked up to him and I said, uh, made fun of him. Yeah. For having the little outfit on and everything. <laughs> he actually reached out and grabbed me by the balls. Really? <laughs> I said, that's it. You win. You're the king. <laughs> Gary, sorry I told everybody about that's that. That's funny. I that know is, I, that I is told so you we'd funny. keep it a secret between us. You are a human cajon. <laughs> no, you were asking about jazz, though. It's like, yeah. but I love it. I love it. what I can bring to it, I think. I mean, look, I get to play with great musicians here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ronnie, I just made Steen. a record with, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, just made a record with uh, with uh, Gordon. I know, I had him in here uh, not not long ago. He was talking about that. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just played with Tony Piscini the other day. Uh-huh. But all these great musicians in this, this city's like. Oh, I know. Yeah. Is it more than any other city I've ever been You're still in. getting work? I mean, you're still getting a lot of work? You getting oh, enough yeah. work? Oh, yeah. Yeah? As much as I can handle. That's to be honest great. With you. That's so good. Because I can't, I can't, uh, um, th- that's what I'm saying, being a working musician. Yeah. In other words, it's not always about you. Sometimes it's about doing the job. Right. My job is to make the band sound as good as I can. Uh-huh. It's hard. It's playing solos and whatnot. Is... But everybody likes you. Oh, well, that's nice. I like them. Yeah, it's true. You know, you go to anybody, hey, you know, Dennis, hey, I like Dennis. Dennis is a good guy. Yeah. You know? Where's he at? <laughs> Maybe it's because they owe me money. Could be. <laughs> I know they never say that about me. Well, I But sometimes the, they do. I just, you know, I'm happy that I get to do this. Uh, I mean, it's been, I haven't had a day gig. Yeah. In over 40 years. Wow. That's amazing. I just made up my mind. Well, I'll tell you what made up my mind. This is an interesting story. Uh-huh. When I was uh, 25, this, the last job I had was, was Federal <laughs> Express. Because <laughs> I quit teaching. Yeah. And I got this job with Federal Express. Great job, because uh-huh. it just started. You could mm-hmm. actually fly wherever you wanted to. Wow. You load the plane. Get in the plane and sit in the cockpit with the pilots in Whoa. the jet seat. Fly to Memphis and then <laughs> figure out where you're going to go. And I used to come out here to Portland because my brother Ken lived here. Uh-huh. So I used to come here in the late 70s, 79, 80. Oh. We'd come visit Ken here. Different that's place. why I always loved Portland. I loved coming here. Yeah. I loved yeah. everything about Portland. Yeah. I used to go to the Jazz the Opus when they had beanbag chairs. Oh, God, yes. That was the rudest audience I've, uh, audiences <laughs> I've ever encountered in my Just whole life. Just because they had to pay to go in practically sometimes. Right, right. But yeah. it was, it was uh, uh, then one day, 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> my roommate rushes into my room and throws a wet towel at me. Says the house is on fire. Oh, jeez! And we're going to make a run for it. Holy shit! So me and my two roommates, I had just moved into this house, wrapped ourselves in wet towels, and went running out down the stairs, and out the front door. I, it was funny when I 
when I turned on the light, there was ashes floating in the air. Wow. And I calmly put my clothes on. Jeez. It's surreal, isn't it? Yeah. But we ran out of the house and so Without your instrument? I didn't write. I could, the instrument, I couldn't get anything. Wow. You just get out. You just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were out on the front lawn. The windows blew out as soon as we, it was November. Cold air rushed in, yeah. blew out all the windows. Lost everything I owned. Everything I'd ever owned, every record, every book, oh my God. every instrument, oh. all my clothes. All I had left were the clothes on my back and an unpaid for car. Wow. That, that was probably one of the best things that could ever happen to me. I understand. You understand good, because yeah. some people don't. No, I do understand. I mean, as it's, it's, it's painful as that is, I understand mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the upside. You can go any day. Yep. It's not up to you. That's the one thing I've always been sure of. You can exercise, you can do this, you can do that. Right. It's not up to you. No. Uh-uh. So I decided then, okay, I'm just going to play music. I don't care if I go broke. I don't care what people yeah. say I can't. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, there's another, there's another chance. It was, and I haven't, I haven't, yeah. you know, and when I got distracted by, I want to make money, I want to do this or uh-huh. that, uh-huh. Uh, I let it go. That's why I left Atlanta, because it was just too much to, I was on the phone day and night, uh-huh. writing checks, making sure this, making uh-huh. sure that, uh-huh. meeting this person, meeting that person. Yeah. Atlanta had to grease people all the time, too. Of course. Yeah. You understand. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. I used to grease everybody, too. That's the way it worked. Of course. I greased the valets, yeah. the, wait, the waiters, yeah. Yeah. the bartenders. And it, and it comes back to you. Take care of my guys. Take yeah. care of my guys. Yeah. And then it all worked out. I started getting all this, this work, but I'd rather just play. Yeah, yeah. And then it came here, and that's all I've been doing ever since. Yeah. And uh, I was totally intimidated when I got here. I went to Ronnie's jam session. Uh-huh. Ed Bennett. Kevin Dietz, yeah. Phil Baker, oh, wait a minute, Dave Captain, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Essiet was in town. I said, let's have a base burning party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it would turned out that uh, it's the best thing that could have happened to me because everybody that comes here mm-hmm. improves. Sure. Everybody that comes here grows. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I did too. So. I always wondered why that was. When I got here, I, the, one of the first things I noticed about the music scene here was the number of great bass players. And it's amazing. Glenn Moore was another one. Glenn was here too then. Yeah, yeah. But I would I could go see this And Leroy guy. Vinegar. That was before my time, unfortunately. Not after not too long. But that's when, a, when did you get here? Ninety six. Ninety two. Okay, yeah. So you didn't miss them by too by but too I'm, much. But I'm, I'm leaving people out, and I hope you forgive me for okay, Skibelia was here. Yeah. There was, it was endless the the amount of bass players and yeah. how good they and but, each but, totally but, different from the next. I know. But I, do you, uh, you have any idea why that might have developed that way? I I don't. Nobody's ever, I've, ever, I've asked that to a lot of people, and nobody, and nobody has a good answer for that. There's even 10 guys at that session we all took a picture after. <laughs> 10 bass players. Wow. Not just bass players, but guys of that, 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 that level. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I, so there isn't any answer. Well, there is an answer, but we don't know it. There, and the work here is okay. <laughs> it's, it's not, I think the, uh, I've been, it's some weeks I get, Five gigs. Sometimes there's this week is a nice slow week, 
but I got lots to catch up on. I got lots of homework to do for the ones that are coming. Yeah. So you have to practice that every day, and huh. I practiced before I came. You know, it's it's funny. I couldn't play hardly at all today for some reason. Really? Oh, I hate that. Well, it's it's normal. I think you know what Dizzy Gillespie said. Some days you get up, the horn feels great. Right. You can play really well, yep. and you win. Some days you get up, you can't play anything, and the horn wins, mm -hmm. and then you die, and the horn wins. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I found that, uh, you know, I, I, I still do the radio show on KMHD, and, of course, now uh, we don't do it live anymore because of the pandemic, and we're, we just, they've mm -hmm. just kept it that way because, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> the, the old way of doing, doing radio is not not uh, healthy anymore because the, the old way was What's the guy old? finishes his show he gets up and leaves and you sit right there and nothing gets wiped off or anything you saw the germs are still there that's that's how we did radio for since since it started right mm -hmm. uh and of course that doesn't happen anymore but um uh uh so um i i i now i i write my voicers for the radio show Oh, you know, which is fine. Um, it, you know, it's it's it has its ups and downs. I'm, I mean, I prefer doing everything live, but it's not it's not the way it is now. It's, it's and it's it's cool. But the point is that there's some days I get up and I can't read a fucking thing. You right. Read, I can't just can't. It won't come out. My mouth won't work. Right. There's no reason for it. No, there isn't any reason at all. Then then and then next day I get up and sit there and like boom one take. That's the way, boom one right. take. Boom one take. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. I know. It's not. It's not your. There's a biorhythm or something. Something. I don't That's know. That's okay. I'll just. I'll make dinner instead. Yeah. <laughs> you but cook? I still practice. Do you huh? cook? Oh you... yes. That was uh... the only way that I could have the food that I grew up with was if I made. Do you it. make brushol? Oh yes. Sir. Oh my God. You love brushol? Oh my God. Oh, I haven't had brushol in so long. That's. It's. It's a little bit of work. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I really that. Yeah. Actually, uh, plus it's a great word. Actually, Dixie, my wife, mm -hmm. she loves Italian food. Yeah, yeah. She loves pizziola. Oh yeah. And she, yeah. <laughs> and she loves anything that like that. But I, I just, I like to cook. I enjoy it. But I'm not uh -huh. like a, yeah, gourmet cook. I could make dinner though. You'll be happy. Yeah. You'll be very happy. <laughs> but the, I just love the word brajol because it I can, know. it can substitute for bullshit. It does. My brother Ken got got hit in the back of the head once for saying the Brazil word. Really? Because <laughs> he was having an argument I mean, with my father, and he goes, you know, <laughs> you want your mother to make dinner? And he goes, yeah, a little Brazil on the side, <laughs> that kind of thing. He was a... <laughs> when you're raised in a house with eight kids... Oh, God, yeah. There has to be some sort of pecking order there. Yes. I was a, I was a, a, an only child, so <gasps> actually I was the star Wow. Yeah. You think you'd be more spoiled? I am spoiled. Are you spoiled? Not anymore. <laughs> I've, that's been beaten out of me by life. <laughs> well, I I have uh, this seven. I have a twin brother as well. No. Yes, sir. Identical twin? No. Huh? Is he like you? No, he's not. Doesn't look like me. Or actually, my older brother Ken's closer to what I'm like. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a good relationship with your twin? I have a good relationship with all my family, yeah. Oh, you're lucky. I just went uh, to Spain mm -hmm. to visit my brother Tony, who lives there. Mm -hmm. 
and my brother Dave, my twin brother, flew over. I hadn't seen him for 15 years. Wow. My brother Ken lives in Eugene and uh-huh. Hawaii half the year. Uh-huh. Are any of them in, in music? My little sister. Really? Yeah, she's an opera singer. Oh, and my she, God. She traveled the world doing that. Wow. She's a great singer. And now she lives in Providence, Rhode Island, and she uh, teaches there. Does she but, do any performing anymore? Not really. Huh. I think it's a tough opera's tough. Have you ever played music with any of your any of your siblings? Yes, as a matter of fact, for my... Well, your brother, I mean, you told me that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mostly, uh, we were all played when we were kids. Yeah. My, We had it in the basement. It was a drum set, amps. There was an organ down there a couple times. You know what I mean? And everybody would come over. What kind we, of like a B3 not, not like like or anything? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Whoa. You could buy them for nothing. Yeah. Honest, they weren't... I remember the old amps with the big giant lights on them and stuff. Sure. Electric guitars and whatnot. Wow. And we would play. Crappy. <laughs> and I asked my father years later how he dealt with that. Uh-huh. I was playing. He goes, well, at least I knew where you were. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right where you were. <laughs> no question in my mind. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. When well, I tried to help him with things, he yeah. would get frustrated with me. And he goes, go pluck your banjo. <laughs> <laughs> so how come how come um, you, you you're not called Kayatza? Kayatza, Kalatza with the two Z's. A, a what? The, the two, two Z's. Z's. Like I have no or, idea why it's supposed to be. It's in, supposed to be Kayatza. Kayatza. Yeah. See. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Whether they came across. Yeah. And they said you're Kayatza now or. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I although. It's pronounced both ways in different parts of the world. Yes. With, yes. From family members. Right. I, my sister's son. Mm-hmm. So my nephew is a professional uh, ballet dancer. Ooh. He dances with the San Francisco Ballet. Wow. Yes. What a beautiful person he is. I, don't uh. know, I can't believe he came from our family. He's too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so there is art in my family. Did play, I did play with all family. Uh, we did do a couple concerts together. Matter of fact, now when my mother turned 70, we rented a hall ah. and invited the family and we all performed. Uh-huh. My sister did oh, an opera. Nice. And I, I got did you, did you have a band there with you? Did you who did, what did you do? What did I do? Yeah. Uh, what was it? I'm trying to remember what we played back then. No, I heard a piano player and a drummer. Huh. We did a little jazz trio thing uh-huh. and sang a couple uh-huh. tunes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's tough to sing when your sister's coming out with the... I guess so. Um, do you do any singing now? Yes, I had the... Uh, I come from the old school that... When I was in a lot of bands. Yeah. You had to sing. Uh-huh. And if you could sing, you get a lot more money at the wedding things. Right, right. So, you know, somebody's got to do Daddy's Little Girl. <laughs> Somebody's got to do. So, yes, I used to be the, and I could hire my eight-piece band out with a singer. I know you're laughing now. It's so funny. I know. I've been there. I've been there. And she's daddy's little girl. I had to play the. That'll be $400, please. They always wanted uh, me to play the the Mills Brothers version. Ooh, that's the one. My father loved that. Of course. Everybody, people still love it. 
Down the, the old mill stream. Yeah. I love those guys, but that's oh, ink well, spots. Yeah, but the, the, uh, I, I love those, those vocal groups that imitated instruments. I love that. Yeah. And the Mills Brothers were the kings of that. But you had to sing. So I do sing. I don't like to. It's not really? what I... Yeah, it's like anything else. It doesn't mean I'm horrible at it. I'm okay at it, I guess. Yeah. But I'm not a singer-singer. Uh -huh. I don't consider myself uh -huh. a singer. But well, can, music's still fun for you? Every... I, like it's like embracing joy every time yes. I pick up my instrument. Okay. I love. I, just, I can't I wait to go. I can't wait to play. Yep. And when I'm done, I can't wait till I do it again. Yep. No matter how yep. tired I am, and I can't. I got to tell you, there's been a lot of times in my life where I want to throw the bass out the the back of the car <laughs> on the way home. I still love it. I know. I always say I never met a mic I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You sound good on the mic too. Thank you. Appreciate you that. Very nice. Well, I enjoyed listening to your. Other good. Well, the thing is, you know, um, I'm I'm still good at it because I don't sound like an old man. <laughs> they don't know what you really look like. Thank God. Uh, maybe I should describe for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Only if you describe me. Ben. Yeah. Well, I look like Dean Martin. I don't know about you. Right, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> you don't look like Jerry Lady. Lewis. No, you don't look like Jerry Lewis. Okay. <laughs> You don't look like Marcello Mastroianni, though, either. No. <laughs> nope, I don't think I look like anybody but me. Probably it's right. Okay. Ah, you look like a fucking guinea. Give me a, give me a break. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man, it's so nice to talk to an Italian here in Portland. <laughs> you truth. think? Yes. Well, you got a problem with anybody got a problem with us on the radio, they can come see us right now. We're down here at the Artichoke Music. Yeah. <laughs> Having a having a cup of coffee, we used to grow up with that. Remember the old guys on the commercials? Sure. Come down to Frank's Big One Two Five. Have a cup of coffee, the sandwich. We'll talk about the best furniture deals in town. Of course, we had those too, but they had Baltimore accents. Ooh, the Baltimore. What's a Baltimore accent? I don't know if I. How you doing, hon? Oh, great. Oh God. <laughs> Or listen to any John Waters movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm such a Baltimore Orioles fan. I've never even been to Baltimore. Keep it that way. <laughs> Keep your fantasy, Dennis. Not even go see Camden Yards? You go see Camden Yards? If you, don't, it just, if you could just, like, transport yourself from the airport into Camden Yards. Mm -hmm. there's actually, there's a, there's, a, there's a way to drive... To, from airport to Camden Yards when you don't have to be, be involved in, the, uh, in, 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 in anything else that's in Baltimore because I don't know. I'll wait till they come. They were gonna go, we were going to go see the Seattle game, but I can't, it didn't work out. Ah, too bad. Too bad. That's well, it. I, I, I just, uh, I'm thrilled that she asked me to do this, but I, I just love Portland. Yeah. The musicians have been good for me. I couldn't imagine living yeah. anywhere else now. Are you trying to wrap it up? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just telling. <laughs> well, I'm trying. No, it, it, no, no, no. It was, it was a gr you had a great sense of that. Yeah. Yeah. I get to play with everybody, <laughs> to play every kind of music you want. I mean, next, I'm playing with Tony Starlight next week. and That's great. That's great. He laugh, makes me laugh so hard, I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do. Yeah. One thing, is there a politically correct term now for sideman? For sideman? Side, it's not side piece. <laughs> Politically, sidemans. What's wrong with being a sideman? Well, if you're a woman. 
Oh, that's right, side person. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound right, though. And side piece means a, is a, has a different side meaning. Side piece. That's a different meaning. Yeah. <laughs> that's a kumad. Yes. It's different. <laughs> that's what they used to say. We're going to bring the wives or we're going to bring the kumads? Tell me which. <laughs> Friday night was for the wives. Saturday night was for the kumads. Right. <laughs> You think that you think you're kidding. No, Saturday night kidding. was with the wives. Friday right, whatever night was it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, I played in those clubs, let me tell you. Uh-huh. Well, you didn't want to know the guys in charge? No. And you didn't want them to be or, their friends? Or you didn't want to be their enemies? Or they were so good to you. They were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because you could, any t- at any moment, you were capable of, of, of launching into Chela Luna. They would pull a, they would pull, oh, I'd play that for them. They would pull out a wad of money out of their pocket, yeah. throw you a hundred, and say, go buy yourself an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. They don't get, well, that doesn't happen in Portland. Oh, no. No, not at all. No. Used to, I think the, the never was, it was, it was, not, it was no, or, there was no organization here. Actually, not in Baltimore either. I mean, they, but the, the mob in Baltimore was Jewish. Oh. I mean, there was some... Carlos Marcella guys, I bought it in, in 1989, 88, I bought the most beautiful 1977 um, T-Bird from, wow. some, from some wise guys who set up a temporary car lot. <laughs> well, don't you wish you still had it? Oh, my God. I, uh, it, it, it was totaled, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Oh, I love that car. I had a new girlfriend, right? So I get that's this, the, that's I get, the problem. I, I get this car, right? And I drive up in front of her house and beep the horn. And she comes out and looks at that car, and, I, and it's just like, oh. That's it. That's that all was, you need to do. That's all I needed to do. That's all you need to do. Right. It's like. Kick uh, open the door. It's like. <laughs> get in the car, Estelle. It's, we're leaving. <laughs> it's, it's like in Raging Bull. where uh, Not an animal? No, no, no. Oh. No, when he first, he first, meets, uh, uh, first meets his wife. Mm-hmm. And she's at the. Excuse me. First meets his wife, and and uh, she's at the pool, uh-huh. right? And uh, and he he waves her over, and he's standing next to his his convertible, right? Right. And he goes, "You like that car?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we always had. My father was uh, in the auto mechanic world. Really? Before he went, he got. He ended up going back to school. He graduated. He's got his GED on the same day I graduated from kindergarten. Wow. We got our picture in the paper huh? with my father. We both. <laughs> he ended up getting a master's degree eventually and teaching, uh, being an administrator at a high school. So that ended up. But I, uh, he always made sure I had a car. That's nice. They were $50 cars. Yes. <laughs> Pontiac Ventura. Oh, boy. Barrel. Yeah, man. Boy, yeah, that man. thing moved. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. I mean, we, we could stay here all day. I know. <laughs> uh, and, and the way that we always wrap this up is when I turn to you and say, that's entertainment. <laughs> 